Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. uniforms and remember what got you here this is betting the bracket and sometimes the uh, world doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me except on the basketball court covering every betting angle of college basketball gives it to Jenkins for the here's your host Greg Hoops Peterson Number two of the betting the bracket right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And we got a tremendous second hour for you as we've got openers and lines available pretty much everywhere on these two final four games that we're going to be having here in the first segment. We're going to be breaking down North Carolina versus Duke. Second segment, we're going to be diving into what we're going to be getting with Kansas versus Villanova. And then Isabel Gonzalez, she does terrific job. She does a terrific job over there at CBS Sports. She's going to be joining me. We're going to get her thoughts on these games. And we're also in this hour going to be talking a little bit more about just some of the games that might be a little bit more off the beaten path because we've got four teams remaining in the NCAA tournament, but you've still got a couple other tournaments that are being played right now as well. The basketball classic is going to be going down. It's final four actually starts up on Monday. We've got Coast of Carolina, South Alabama, and Southern Utah versus Fresno State. The NIT semifinals from the most famous arena in the world, Madison Square Garden. That's going to be starting up on Tuesday as well. And I will encourage you guys this. Everyone loves the NCAA tournament. And trust me, I'm going to be betting on these games. But with that said, when it comes to maybe being able to get a little bit more bang for your buck, maybe being able to try to be able to have a little bit more action throughout the week as well, these littler tournaments, they get less handle. The lines are typically a little bit more soft on these games. You're able to find bigger differentials because bookmakers, they would rather be wrong on Southern Utah versus Fresno State rather than Duke versus North Carolina. So not the world's worst look to be able to take a look at some of these smaller games. And money is money. I say it on this network all the time. It doesn't matter if you're betting on the Final Four. It doesn't matter if you're betting on the Super Bowl, the World Series, or Southern Utah versus Fresno State for Monday. Obviously, your limits are going to be a little bit bigger on the Final Four and the Super Bowl, but with that said, a winning ticket is a winning ticket. Being able to improve your bankroll is what it's all about, and honestly, I think it's a little bit of a badge of honor being able to find a winner in a little bit more of an off-the-beaten-path game like Coastal Carolina versus South Alabama. So certainly don't shy away from these games if you wind up finding a little bit of an advantage, and trust me, there's a reason why bookmakers... They have higher limits on some of these bigger games. It's not because they wind up taking a beating on them. That is for sure. So always do keep that in mind. And 
you got to be keeping in mind that when it comes to a lot of these games that we're going to be finding with regards to the final four, we are going to be finding a lot more props attached to them. Now, I will say at DraftKings right now, you have yet to get player props that are available for either of these two final four games, but we know that those are certainly going to be coming in. Right now, if you're taking a look at this Duke versus North Carolina game, you're finding Duke in a lot of places as a four and a half point favorite. They started out as a four point favorite. A lot of places, they have moved this to a four and a half, and we've already seen a little bit of movement with regards to this total as well. This is a total that in Duke versus North Carolina, this is going to be the nightcap of the final four games that we're going to be seeing on Saturday. Wound up starting out as an opener of 149 and a half. A lot of places right now, you're finding this at a 151, and I just can't get behind the over in this spot because you take a look at just what we've been seeing in general in the NCAA tournament. We've had one over since the beginning of the Sweet 16, and now you wind up going to a more cavernous place. You go to a football stadium that is really not conducive to three-point shooting, and all of a sudden, you need to have guys being able to bury shots there, and I think that that is going to be a little bit of an issue for both of these teams. Both North Carolina and Duke have been relatively solid three-point shooting teams. North Carolina is a team that they've experienced a little bit of a fall off with their outside shooting in road and neutral court games. A team that at home has shot right around 39% from three-point range away from home. A bunch of which they shoot more around 34% from three-point range. That was their stats coming into the game against the Peacocks of St. Peter's. Meanwhile, you do have a Duke team that they've been able to do a good job of being able to be a little bit more well-rounded, but the one thing that you do have to fear with Duke in this game is that they allow opponents to be able to get second chances. It's a Duke team that is right around 190th in all of college basketball with regards to percentage of misses that opponents are able to rebound. So that means that North Carolina is going to have many more bites at the apple because the one thing that North Carolina has done a supreme job of this season and North Carolina has been a team with their defensive deficiencies going into their game against St. Peter's. 148th in the country with regards points a lot on a per possession basis. That's going to be a little bit better after our good friends, the Peacocks, so we're only able to score 49 points today. So that's going to be taking up, but there's one thing that North Carolina does well on defense. If you miss your first chance, you're not getting a second one. North Carolina in the top five in all of college basketball with regards to defensive rebound rate. And that goes back to the guy that was really able to headline things on Sunday. That'd be Armando Baycott. Baycott wound up having 20 rebounds in that game against St. Peter's entered the day, averaging right around 17 and a half points, 12 and a half rebounds at 1.7 blocks per contest. The head of the stake for a team that with regards to percentage of misses that opponents get an offensive rebound on in a road and neutral court environment, they wind up reeling in 18.8% of their misses. To put this into context, that is number two in all of college basketball. All right, well, enough. Number one is the New Hampshire Wildcats. So, that speaks to right there how funky of a set this can sometimes be because number three as well was Pacific, who literally had the worst cover rate in all of college basketball. But you wind up missing your first shot against North Carolina. You're not going to be able to get a second chance. We were talking about this with our good friend from Bussing Brackets in the first hour, Tristan Freeman, the fact that the biggest matchup, in my opinion, in this game is going to be Mark Williams against Armando Baycott because Williams does a little bit of a better job of being able to give you block shots, but Baycott, just an absolute rebounding machine. And if you take a look at the two matchups that these teams wound up having during the regular season, Baycott wound up getting into foul trouble in the first game against Duke that was a case in which Duke was already controlling that game to start with. A.J. Griffin was just on fire from three-point range. 
North Carolina was doing everything humanly possible to be able to claw their way back into that game. There was just nothing that could be done because A.J. Griffin wound up having 27 points, went 8 of 11 from 3-point range in that game, and North Carolina was just unable to compete. But ever since then, you've had Brady Manick really be able to step up to the plate for this team as well. And we've seen how different North Carolina can be when Brady Manick is truly on his game. And I think that what really speaks to what really speaks to how big of an impact Brady Manick has on this team is you wound up seeing that in the game against Baylor because he winds up throwing that elbow. He winds up getting ejected from the game. I felt like it was an ejection that was not warranted. He should, certainly should have drawn a foul for it, but he probably should not have been ejected from the game. But without him on the floor, North Carolina was not the same team. And you take a look at how Brady Manick has been able to perform. And we're going to date it back to that first matchup against, against Duke. So we're going to be taking a look at the last 14 matchups that North Carolina's had Brady Manick in this time span. 17 and a half points, six half rebounds, two and a half assists. He is shooting 39% from three, and it's not a cheap 39% from three. It's with nearly seven threes per game taken. So he's a guy that is really able to stretch things out for North Carolina. Home and road splits, he really doesn't have a fall off with regards to his three-point shooting percentage as well. And then with Duke, we all know about Paolo Boncaro. He is the best NBA prospect in this game, a guy that's going to be a top-five pick. He's been able to do a tremendous job all season long, a guy that's able to give you 17 points, eight rebounds. He can sometimes settle for jumpers, and North Carolina all of a sudden has been able to do a little bit of a better job with their perimeter defense. Now, it's not a superb perimeter defense for North Carolina, but it's been getting better. Meanwhile, on the flip side for Duke, it's actually been regressing. Going into their game against Arkansas on Saturday, it was a team that in their last seven matchups, they had given up at least 73 points in six of them, with opponents in that time span turning the ball over 7.8 times per game and also shooting 40.5% from three-point range. And the one thing that if you're taking a look at an over in this game that you can feel good about is that you're going to get a lot of clean possessions. I just mentioned it with Duke, the fact that they're not generating any turnovers whatsoever. And you got a North Carolina team that they're allergic to being able to get turnovers. In a road and neutral court environment, they're generating nine per contest. With regards to a turnover signing per possession basis in a road and neutral court environment, North Carolina in the bottom five in all of college basketball. Duke, they're in the bottom 35 in all of college basketball. So both of these teams are going to be able to have clean looks. But as we know, when we wind up getting into these games that are bigger and bigger, typically the tempo winds up slowing down a little bit more. I mentioned it a little bit earlier with regards to the backdrop, with regards to three-point shooting percentages. Typically, it winds up dipping as well. I mean, we see it every single time you wind up having these games played in some sort of a football stadium. Teams just wind up not being able to hit shots because it's a very weird environment. You've got all of the nerves. These are guys are 18 to 23 years old. So I do think that it is very conducive to being able to get some unders and and you take a look at Duke as well. This is not a team that they wind up playing very up-tempo to begin with. Duke is currently 190th in the country in terms of possessions per game. So it's not like this is a snail by any stretch of the imagination. But Duke being this super up-tempo team, that is not the case with them. North Carolina, that is a little bit more the case with them. North Carolina ranks... Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Right around 60th in the country with regards to possessions per game, probably go to go down just a little bit with their game that they wind up playing against St. Peter's, but they are a team that they're looking to push the tempo a little bit more. And if you are taking a look at the first two matchups between these two, certainly you wind up having some higher scoring games. Duke was able to get to 80 in both of those contests. But if you're taking a look at recent four, North Carolina has been able to turn over a little bit of a new leaf with regards to their defense. And when it gets down to this time of year, you don't want to be just completely tossing out the record books. You don't want to be just completely putting things to the back burner that you wind up seeing all season long. But this is a little bit of a different animal. I think that you've got to handicap these games a little bit differently because I mean, this is going to be the last ride for Coach K. I know that there are many conspiracy theorists that are thinking that Duke is going to get every single whistle. But if you just take a look at the games, tell me how many more whistles Duke has gotten than any other team. It has actually been very fairly refereed now the refereeing itself that we've been seeing in the ncw tournament has been abysmal and i don't think that anyone can tell me otherwise because you just take a look at it these guys have absolutely no idea what they're calling but with that said it hasn't benefited or hurt duke to any stretch of the imagination we're gonna tie a bow around this duke versus north carolina game and then coming up next as well gonna be taking a look at kansas versus villanova that's on betting the bracket right here on vison these sports bank notes This is Betting the Bracket, covering every betting angle of college basketball. Here's your host, Greg Hoops-Peterson. The college basketball season is in full swing, so grab a five-hour energy to stay alert to watch all of your favorite games, or if you stayed up late to see that intense overtime game, whether it be the NCAA tournament or Perhaps you're watching the college basketball classic that we're going to be getting on Monday. Take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so that way you're able to energize your day. With zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine, it's a perfect pick-me-up to be able to get stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from with flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry, my favorite is watermelon, and so many more. There's a flavor for everyone. So get a 5-hour energy today as it is betting the bracket with myself, Greg Spearson, and we're going to call an audible 45 minutes of Chris Rock versus... Nah, I'm kidding, of course. We're going to be taking a look at college basketball. That's where the real fights wind up going down. 
Our producer, Dan, says that it's all a conspiracy. I don't know who to believe at this point, but the one thing that I know for sure is that taking a look at Chris Rock versus Will Smith, that's probably not going to pay the bills. With that said, if you take a look at Duke versus North Carolina, it's much more likely to be able to yield you a little bit of a profit. And I was just mentioning it, some of the little ancillary things that you want to be taking a look at with gauging these final four games, because let's call it what it is. These are a little bit of bigger games. You probably want to be gauging these a little bit differently than you do during the regular season. I wound up talking about the fact that we shouldn't have as many conspiracy theories as a lot of people are thinking with regards to the referees, but this is going to be the first time in the history of the Duke versus North Carolina rivalry in which they're going to be meeting up in the NCAA tournament. Doesn't get any bigger than having it taking place in the national title game. And I do think that it is a situation which you take a look at this rivalry in general. They've been just super duper close. If you look at something like the last one or two matchups, it's been a differential of an average of less than a point. And I do think that that lends itself to being a little bit more in the favor of North Carolina. Now, I don't think that North Carolina is going to be able to get the job done here. I do think that Duke has a little bit more firepower. I do think that the coming of age of Jeremy Roach has been very good as well. We have noticed that Trevor Keels has been dipping down a little bit more with regards to his production as well. The three that he wanted hitting at the end of the first half against Arkansas is terrific, but really past that, Trevor Keels has been a little bit of a liability. Now you've got Caleb Love, RJ Davis, both of these guys have been tremendous for this for this North Carolina bunch, but I do take a look at Jeremy Roach. I do think that he is going to be an X factor with regards to both teams, with regards to backcourt, just like I think that Brady Manick is a little bit of that for North Carolina. And you just take a look at the past line history with regards to these two teams. When North Carolina wanted to play host to Duke that first time around, you were finding that line in a lot of places right around a three and a half. You might've gotten a little bit of a different number, but North Carolina was a three and a half point underdog on their home floor. This is a game of that with Duke versus North Carolina the second time around Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoor. That was 12, and I think that we can all agree that the 12 was a bad number that should not have ever gotten a 12. That was a very easy cash if you wanted taking the points, but you do take a look at Jeremy Roach from that game that we wound up seeing against North Carolina, which Duke obviously did not wind up getting the job done. So last eight games for Jeremy Roach, 13 points, been able to chip in there a little bit over two assists, shooting 36% from three-point range. Does sometimes get a little bit loose with the ball. If you take a look at the turnovers, it combined nine in the last two games. But the big elixir is that neither of these teams really do generate turnovers. So I do think that that is going to lead to Duke being able to do just enough to be able to get the job done. I set my line at four. We're seeing a lot of four and a halfs. I'm going to be willing to take a four and a half year with North Carolina. And I've mentioned it quite a bit on this show. And I think that it's worth repeating. We've had one over in the NCAA tournament since the beginning of the Sweet 16. We've had one first half over since the beginning of the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. So first half unders and full game unders, 11 and one in that time span. I think that we're going to have some shoddy shooting when it comes to what we're going to be able to get in this game because it is going to be played in the Superdome. So I set my total at 148. I'm looking at an under and with North Carolina at four and a half plus going to be looking at the points as I set my line at four. And then the other game, obviously it's going to be dealing with a little bit of an injury here. 701, 702, Villanova and Kansas. Kansas opened up in some spots, a three and a half point favorite. Now we're finding this pretty much fours across the board here at circuit. We've actually moved to a four and a half. That's really the lone four and a half that we're seeing on the marketplace. So, and your total on this game, it is anywhere between 132 and a half and 133 and a half. And with Kansas, I think that you've got value on this team up to four and a half. I wound up saying my line at four and a half. 
and I want to make it my total in this game a little bit lower at 130.5. You just take a look to what Villanova wound up doing last season when they were without Colin Gillespie. They slowed things down to a crawl, and Villanova has been playing just some absolutely amazing defense here down the stretch. They have allowed 65 points of fear in each out of their last seven games. Now, Villanova, they're going to be dealing with a very thin rotation, but when you need a larger rotation, the least is now this time of the season because it's not one of these cases in which you're going to have like four games in eight days or anything like that. You've got at the most two games that you're going to need to play. You've got a full week to be able to rest up. So these guys, they're going to have the wind in their sails. And oh yeah, by the way, they're 18 to 23 year olds. So I mean, those guys have a little bit of energy in them. But with that said, obviously having Mr. Justin Moore out of the fold, that is going to be hurting this Villanova team. A guy that was able to give you right around 15 points per game, five rebounds, two and a half assists, and a guy that was able to bury 35 and a half percent of his threes. Now the guy that winds up stepping into a little bit more of a starting role, that'd be Caleb Daniels. He only wanted making two starts this year, but has been able to play a big role for Villanova. Really the sixth man of this team, 10 and a half points, right around four boards. Not a guy that really dishes out the ball. That is something that you are going to be missing from Justin Moore to Caleb Daniels. Daniels, a guy that wanted to begin his career at Tulane, but you take a look at his second year at Tulane, he has shown that he is capable of being a little bit more of a facilitator. That year at Tulane, he wound up having right around three and a half assists per contest. And you take a look at just the, uh, I guess you call it resume of Daniels in general. And he's been solid ever since January 29th. So last 17 games for the team, he's actually stepped up a little bit more. 11 and a half points, shoots 87.5% at the free throw line, a little bit over four rebounds per game, generates a seal per contest. And he's a guy that's been shooting right around 37.5% from three-point range. And with Villanova, what is going to be able to keep this team alive in this game is the fact that they do the little things well. They're a team that, as a collective, they shoot 82.5% at the free throw line. That is by far the best mark in all of college basketball. What they also do, they don't turn the ball over. 9.9 .9 turnovers per game. Out of your 358 D1 teams, that's in the top 15 in all of college basketball. So this is a team that's not going to beat themselves. Meanwhile, Kansas are more run 115th with regards to turnovers per game. Now, what I think is really going to be a little bit too much for Villanova to overcome is the fact that now you've got Remy Martin firing on all cylinders up until what we wound up seeing here on Sunday against Miami. He had progressed so much with his scoring. He went from zero points to two points to five to 10. He winds up going to 12, 15, 20, and then 23. He wound up seeing his point total go up in eight straight games. He has really been able to ramp up a preseason All-American candidate that comes in from Arizona State where he wound up having 19 points, three and a half assists per game. Gives this Kansas team a whole nother dimension. And if you're looking at most impressive halves that we've seen in college basketball this season, I mean, what Kansas was able to do in the second half against Miami, that certainly has to be towards the top of the list. You've got David McCormick along Jalen Wilson. They combined to be able to give you right in the neighborhood about 14 and a half rebounds per game, but I feel like we are also poo-pooing what Villanova is able to do down low as well a little bit too much because you take a look at Jermaine Samuels and Eric Dixon. These two guys combined to be able to give you 12.9 rebounds per game. Dixon doesn't shoot a lot of threes, but he shoots 51 and a half percent from three-point range. That is absolutely tremendous for this team, but what you're going to need now is to be able to find someone that's able to give this Villanova team any minutes, whether that be someone like a Chris Archie Diacono. Jordan Longino was looking like someone that was going to be able to give this team a few minutes. He unfortunately went down with an injury as well, but 
you got to think that perhaps Chris Archie Diacono is a guy that is going to need to give Villanova something in this game. And it's not like he needs to go out there. He needs to give the team 15 points. He needs to have five assists. He needs to rip away three steals or anything like that. But you just need something out of the bench for Villanova. And I think they're going to get enough to be able to stay live in this game. I set my line at four and a half. So I have four. I'm going to be in on Kansas. But that said, I don't think that you want to be just completely making this a complete walk for this Kansas bunch because and you just take a look at Jay Wright. He has been able to win two NCAA tournament titles. The last time he wound up being in the NCAA tournament last year, he was without Colin Gillespie. He wound up being able to adjust to the roster that he had available as a result in that game against Baylor. And that was, in my opinion, Baylor's toughest game in the NCAA tournament last year en route to a championship. He just made the game very sloppy. He made the game very slow. I think that you're going to see a lot more of that against the Kansas team that they're a top 25 team with regards to offensive efficiency at Kansas themselves. They have really been able to excel on the defensive end. 68 points for fewer. Give it up in seven out of their last eight games. Coming into today, Kansas had been allowing opponents in their last 13 games to shoot 29.7% from three-point range. So they had been ridiculous with that aspect. That went even better with their game against Miami. So this is a Kansas team that they're doing a great job of being able to cut off the three-point arc Villanova. Their lifeblood is a little bit more of the three ball. And with this game, once again, being played in a football stadium, that should see a little bit of a drop. So I do like Kansas up to four and a half in this spot, but don't count out Villanova either. It's also a total that I set at a 130 and a half. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under and I'm going to be taking a look at these games next with someone that knows herself when it comes to college basketball. Isabel Gonzalez of CBS Sports. That's up next right here. I'm betting the bracket on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. This is Betting the Bracket, covering every betting angle of college basketball. Here's your host, Greg Hoops-Peterson. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup like the Breakfast Baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked, sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to be able to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely and choose Wendy's as it is betting the bracket with myself, Greg Pearson, and it is always great to be joined by this guest as Isabel Gonzalez does absolutely terrific work over there with both CBS Sports along with SB Nation. She's going to be joining us in a second, and you're able to follow her on Twitter at Isabel G. That is all together. And in the meantime, while she is joining us, we're going to take a look at some of these off-the-beaten-path games as well because I always do mention it. Money is money when it comes to everything that you're able to get in college basketball. Doesn't matter if you're betting on the final four games and we want running through both of those games. If you miss either of those breakdowns, vcin.com slash podcast. We've got you all covered there and have no fear. I've got you covered on Coast to Coast Hoops as well. That's a podcast that you're able to catch wherever you find your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, list goes on and on. And then on top of that as well, I'll be on the network all week long talking about these games. But how about if we wind up diving into what we're going to be seeing on Tuesday? Because in the final segment, I'm going to give you guys my DK Nation pick for Monday. And hey, six out of our last seven have been able to come home. So we're going to look to get that streak continuing as we're going to be going out west for that one. But how about if we take a look at some of these games that we're going to be getting out there in the NIT? It's going to be played at the world's most famous 
Arena MSG. It's going to be starting out on Tuesday with 647, 648. You've got St. Paul Adventure taking on Xavier. Xavier is finding themselves in a lot of places a two-point underdog. DraftKings seems to be the lone soldier out there with a one-and-a-half point line on this one with your total anywhere between 140 and 140 and a half. And when it comes down to it, I think that you've got to be noting the injury that you got to Paul Scruggs. Scruggs has been having a little bit of a tough time with things in general because you wound up having that really, really bad foul that he wound up suffering. And it's just a case of which not having him out there in the fold, it is going to be a little bit of an issue for them. But with that said, you take a look at St. Bonaventure. It is a team that they've really got a five-man rotation. And with the Bonnies, what has really been able to do, what has really been good for this team is the fact that you've got Oshun Oshuni. He's going to be the best shot blocker in this game. A guy that's able to give you right around three blocks per contest. Guy that has been able to haul in their seven and a half rebounds, 11 points per game. So he has been very good for this team. And then you take a look at the flip side, and we're going to be taking a look at what you got with regards to the backcourt of this team. Dominic Welsh has been able to do a nice job. He's been able to give you right around 12 points per contest. A guy that's able to haul in there a couple rebounds. Now, St. Bonaventure, three point shooting can really come and go with this team, but. The guy that you've got to be noting, Jalen Attaway, he's been able to shoot right around 40% from three. He's been able to give the team 17 points per contest. If you wind up having foul trouble for this St. Bonaventure bunch, that could really spell trouble. But St. Bonaventure has been able to do a really good job of not winding up getting into foul trouble. Meanwhile, you've got a Xavier team that they don't necessarily do the world's greatest job of being able to get to the free throw line. Now not having Paul Scruggs into the fold, that's going to be hurting them. And you take a look at Xavier, and I think the question becomes, what does this team really do great? I like Jack Nunch. Nunch has been a guy that's been able to give you 13 and a half points, seven rebounds. He's able to bury a couple threes. His overall game is solid, but you've also got to wonder with the motivation standpoint as well, how much of that is going to be favoring St. Bonaventure? Because with the Bonnies, they're going to be playing out there in their home state. They actually are residing in Olean, New York. So you've got them being able to play in front of their home faithful and Xavier they wound up getting their coach, Travis Steele, a few weeks ago. Sean Miller is going to be taking over the program. But with that said, with Sean Miller, he's not going to be taking over the program until next year. So you've got sort of a lamed up interim coaching regime that is going to be in there for Xavier. Xavier is a team that in general shoots 30.9% from three-point range. When you wind up going to Madison Square Garden as well, when it comes to gauging these NIT games, much like you're fighting with the NCAA tournament, you're going to be fighting that three-point shooting percentages they plummet. I have no idea how. I have no idea why. But you go back no further than the Texas Tech versus Tennessee game that you wound up seeing in the Jimmy V Classic. Brickfest. And you wound up having Tennessee go 6 of 40 from three-point range. Texas Tech was a little bit better, but I'm pretty sure that they shot 25% or worse from three-point range as well. They were absolute train wrecks with that regard as well. So that is something that you do want to be taking note of. And with St. Bonaventure, they're a team that they do a good job of being able to knife inside. They're a team that they play relatively slowly. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower tempo game because with St. Bonaventure out of your 358 teams in D1 college basketball with regards to a possessions per game standpoint, Bonnie's wind up ranking 283rd. Xavier, they're a team that they're a little bit faster. They're clocking in right around 93rd, but... Once again, you're seeing a little bit of a shift with this interim coaching regime. And when it comes to these tournaments as well, whether it be the NCAA tournament, whether it be the college basketball classic, whether it be the NIT, as the rounds wind up getting deeper and deeper, the meaning to these teams, it gets more and more. So 
while you wound up having like open gym fun time with regards to the NIT in the first round of it. Now that you're here in the final four, these guys are going to be doing everything humanly possible to winding up putting the screws down on defense. So I do think that you've got a nice edge here to the total. I wound up setting my total at 134. I think that the Bonnies are going to be able to do a great job of being able to play some solid defense. They're a team that last year, when they wanted making the NCAA tournament, they hung their head on defense. They were a top 25 defense with regards to efficiency. Not necessarily that so far this season, but they've been able to do a little bit of a better job as things have been able to progress here in the NIT. So I'm looking at an under with the Bonnies. One to lay up to two with them. Two would be the absolute max because you still have a Xavier team that they're able to do a solid job down low with none you still got zach Fremantle, who last year was able to have to write around 17 points per contest not necessarily as effective this season but i do think that Fremantle is going to be able to give you a little bit of something so i do take a look at the spot love the under and we're going to be going with st bonaventure laying up to two and then other game out there in the nit involves a pair of teams that they've been able to hang their head on defense as well 649 650 on the betting board texas a&m washington state this is a total that has already seen a cliff dive it opened up at 136 now at DraftKings, you're finding this total as low as a 133. The high watermark that I'm seeing out there is 134. And right now, Texas A&M, they wind up opening up a pick. They are now a one and a half point favorite. And if you wind up seeing this tick up anymore, because I wind up saying Texas A&M as a one and a half point favorite, going to be taking a look at Washington State. We've been seeing a lot of the action piling in on Texas A&M. And if you're looking at these right now, you're going to be finding that a lot of these line moves, they're probably going to be happening the day of the game, because let's call it what it is. A lot of people, they are very focused on the games that we're going to be getting in the final four. They're all hyped up about Duke versus North Carolina. A lot of people are going to be waking up Tuesday morning being like, oh, there's college basketball to bet on. So if you're wondering if this is close to your number like it is mine, stay patient. You're probably going to be seeing a nice line move in the AM. That could be able to dictate a little bit of your action. But that said, this is another spot in which I'm looking at an under. I said this total at 132.5. I think that the north of two-point line move that we've seen on the total to the under is very warranted because you've got a Washington State team that they're, once again, not necessarily a blazer. Now, Texas A&M has actually bumped up their tempo. They're a team that they're ranking a little bit closer to on earth with regards to possessions for in Washington State. They're more around 210th, but you look at the way that Washington State has really been able to take over on defense. You've got Kyle Smith doing sort of the nerd ball style over there in Pullman with this Washington State Cougar team, and it's been paying off. They're 32nd in the country with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. And if you take a look at them in a road and neutral court environment, they're a top 25 defense in the country. So they've been able to do a solid job there. Michael Flowers has really been the main scorer for this Washington State team. 14 and a half points per game in a road and neutral court environment has actually shot closer to about 38, 39% from three point range at home. He shot actually like 30% from three. You've also got a sure-handed team at the free line in Washington State. Tyrell Ghost Roberts is a guy that shoots right around 93% the free line with Washington State as well. Michael Flowers is a guy that's able to shoot right around 87% at the charity stripe. So these guys should be able to do a solid job. Now the big fear that you've got is that you've got a Texas A&M team that they are just bearing down defensively among your top six scorers out there. Five of them give you at least one steal per contest. And you just take a look on a turnovers per possession basis. This is a Texas A&M team that they rank eighth in all of college basketball. They do experience a little bit of a fall off on the road, but they do a good job of being able to pickpocket. This is a Washington State team that they're not going to be forcing as many turnovers. It's a Washington State bunch that they rank right around 53rd. So it's not like they're chopped liver by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly you don't have as 
much tenacity on defense as you're going to have with Texas A&M. Well, Texas A&M, what you do love with the team is that they've really been able to build momentum towards back of the season. Really, both of these teams have, but Texas A&M, they wind up going to the SEC title game. This is a team that's got a little bit of something to prove with regards to a motivation standpoint, trying to stick it to all those people that, hey, even though the SEC didn't wind up having the world's greatest run in the NCAA tournament, we should have been in rather than insert your Big Ten team that wound up flailing out here. So you do have a little bit of motivation there. Buzz Williams has been able to do a nice job of being able to coach up the team. And I like what you're able to get out of Quentin Jackson. Guy that's able to give you 14 and a half points, four and a half boards. Does a great job on the defensive side of things. Neither of these teams necessarily prolific from three-point range. Neither of these teams necessarily liabilities either. What I think is going to be very key for Texas A&M, being able to control the glass because you don't have really a single guy in this game that gives you more than six and a half rebounds per game. But you've got Henry Coleman the third, Tyrese Radford. Both of these guys are able to combine for right around 12 rebounds per game. They both give you right around 12 points per contest a piece as well. So I do mind saying Texas A&M as a one and a half point favorite, waiting on Washington State to perhaps be having a little bit of a dip in their line as well, get north of two to be able to get points there. And then I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this one as well. And coming up next, going to give you guys my DK Nation pick for the college basketball classic games for Monday. That's up next right here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. is betting the bracket covering every betting angle of college basketball here's your host greg hoops peterson the kfc chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer that's why it's so figure looking good order the kfc chicken sandwich today as it is the final segment of betting the bracket with myself greg hoops peterson and great to be joined by our guest isabel gonzalez does great work over there at mid-major madness She's also now a part of the CBS Sports Network team. And Isabel, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thank you for having me. And Isabel, it is great to have you aboard because on Monday, we actually do have a little bit of college basketball action. You're someone that you do a great job of being able to take a look at the Mountain West Conference. And we've got Fresno State versus Southern Utah. Right now, you're finding Fresno State as an eight-point favorite. And I like this Fresno State team. I think that they're going to be able to make the final of the college basketball classic. I think this is a little bit too lofty, though, especially with a Southern Utah team that a lot of people coming into the season felt like they could be able to win the Big Sky. I know that you've had quite an opportunity. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to, like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline hey sarah i love that spring break vlog you posted on zigazoo omg you watched it yeah it was edited so well i think you're so talented Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. You'll be able to watch the Fresno State Bulldogs all season long. What are your thoughts on this one? Because I do think that with Fresno State, them being able to win games by wider margins, just a little bit tough with them because they are a team that they're one of the slowest in all of college basketball. Well, I got to start by saying that talking about a Mountain West team during March is, is just kind of odd because <laughs> obviously they didn't do very well in the NCAA tournament. They weren't 0-4, unfortunately. But Fresno State, great for them for making it this far in this tournament. And I think they have a lot of momentum right now. Um, I, I don't expect it to be an easy matchup. I don't think any game during postseason is, even if it's not an NCAA tournament game. But they do have a really amazing player with Orlando Robinson. And that's a player that I think in Ken Palm, he was like top 10 in the player of the year rankings. So he was amazing in the Mountain West. He's amazing just nationally. So obviously the team has other pieces, but just with him on your team, I think you can make it further than that. Yep. I do think that Orlando Robinson going to be able to play a big part in this game. And as we know, Fresno State, one of the better defensive teams that you're going to find in all of college basketball as well. They're going up against the Southern Utah team that they've been able to score at least 77 points in all three of the games here in the college basketball classic and all of which on 59 shots or fewer. So we've seen Southern Utah be able to throttle down, but it's a Fresno State team that they do rank in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis within the top 30 as well. Personally, with regards to my DK Nation pick, I want to take in the eight here with Southern Utah. I think Fresno State gets his job done. I just don't think that they're going to be able to win this game by eight-plus points. I'm not sure how you feel about that, but I think Fresno State, they wind up getting to the final. I think that we need to give a little bit more respect here to the Thunderbirds, though. And when it comes down to it, I do think that when it comes to the NCAA tournament as well, these are a pair of games that it's going to be really interesting to see what we wind up getting out of these as well as I know you've been just doing a great job being able to cover all these NCAA tournament games. I know that you were very much covering the St. Peter's Peacocks who unfortunately they wound up going down with regards to their game on Sunday against North Carolina. But now we've got the ultimate blue blood matchup when it comes to the final four Duke versus North Carolina. How do you see this one winding up going? Because these two teams wind up splitting during the regular season, winning on each other's home floors. So I do think that this is going to be a game which you got a lot of revenge on both sides. Obviously, no shortage of headlines. And I do ultimately think that Duke winds up getting it done. But I think that this is going to be a game which it's going to be a one-two possession game. And I really do think that whoever does the best job on the glass is going to be able to win this game. For sure. Just one real quick note. I'm glad you brought up the Fresno State defense because the Mountain West has really tough defensive teams. So, yes, that's definitely a strength. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Duke. Um, I watched them play against Gonzaga in November, and maybe it's just biased because I saw them play in person, and that's one of the few teams I was able to watch this season. Um, but I think they can get it done, too. Um, it's a very interesting matchup. One, of course, like there's like the whole like tradition, North Carolina and Duke. But think about how cool it is that a first-year coach with North Carolina is going to play against Coach K. And it's just going to be a really fun Final Four overall. But there's going to be so much hype around this game. Um, I think North Carolina, like definitely they have a chance. Obviously, they've made it this far. They're a very talented team. But it just seems like it's written in the stars that Duke makes it a little bit further. <laughs> 
Yeah, but it certainly is one of those cases in which I know that conspiracy theories are out about Coach K's final seeds <laughs> and everything like that. You take a look at the games. Duke has not really gotten the benefit or the deficit of either of the calls. I think that it's actually been a case in which we've just had bad refereeing this NCAA tournament. We're going to call it what it is, but I don't think that Duke has really benefited from it. I don't think that Duke has certainly been hurt by it at all. So I think they sort of are where they should be with really no influence with that regard. But what I think is going to be very fascinating as well with regards to this matchup is how the three-point shooting winds up going as well. Because as we know, North Carolina, a team that they really do rely quite a bit on the three-point shot. Duke is a team which it feels like they've got a few other ways to score. Armando Baycoat, no question. He's been absolutely tremendous for North Carolina. But I think the big question mark that you've got to have with North Carolina is how much is this game being played at the New Orleans Superdome a stadium that it's set up for football going to affect North Carolina, a team that really relies upon the three-point shot because we always see it when it comes to these games that are played at football stadiums, big cavernous arenas. The first thing that winds up dropping off is that jump shooting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, three-pointer, any kind of shooting, honestly, this, these are top 25 teams offensively. Um, Duke is actually a top 10, so it is going to be a very offense-heavy type of game. And Duke has five pieces that or five players that can score in double digits, which I think once you get this far in the NCAA tournament, you're going to need depth in your team. And because when you only have one or two guys, teams can, you know, just take care of them. But when you have five pieces, who do you guard? You know, it's it's going to be very hard to come up with a game plan for there. But also rebounding is going to be huge because North Carolina is a very good rebounding team. So there's going to be a lot of keys to this game. And it's, it's just going to be really fun. And the one thing that North Carolina does well, if you wind up missing your first opportunity, you're not getting a second one. Second best team in all of college basketball in a road and neutral court environment of not allowing second chances on offense. Opponents grab fewer than 20% of their misses as offensive rebounds. And then in the other game in Kansas versus Villanova, I mean, it does think that Justin Moore is not going to be able to play in this game. His season is done with that devastating injury that we wound up seeing against Houston. I still think that Villanova is going to be able to make it a game. I think that Kansas going to be able to ultimately be able to win the game. I do think that you're going to get a Kansas versus Duke national championship game, but I take a look at Jay Wright and the way that he was able to maneuver without Colin Gillespie last season in the NCAA tournament has sort of set a blueprint for what they're going to do this year. Play very, very slow, play as grimy as humanly possible, much like they did against Baylor and try to make the game as low possession as just eyesore as humanly possible. I'm not sure how you wind up reading this game, but I think that Villanova, the biggest chance that they've got in this game is trying to be able to dictate the tempo and make it as slow as possible. Yeah, Kansas, I think their last game said a lot about them just on how they can overcome deficits, but also how they can turn up the heat whenever it's needed because they shot at 60% in the second half. So although that's not probably possible for a full game, the fact that they were able to just do that during the whole last period. Um, I think March is all about just peaking at the right time and just overcoming any kind of deficit. So that's what I see from this Kansas team, that they can really fight through anything. And Villanova, I think losing Justin Moore is very difficult because he is the second leading scorer. He's very talented, just high IQ, a leader on the floor. Um, they do lack a little bit of depth because of that, but they can still get it done. I, I don't really have a favorite on this one, to be honest, um, but it, it's going to be fun. Maybe not as offense heavy as the other team or as the other game, but it'll still be fun. 
I agree with you there. And Isabel, we've got about a minute left. And what else I think is going to be a key, both in this game and just the entirety of the NCAA tournament, is a guy that we've seen out west for quite a few years, Remy Martin. I've been talking about him on the program quite a bit here. I think that he might be the ultimate X factor for Can for Kansas, what he's been able to show with this team. I don't know if you necessarily agree with that or not, but I think that if Remy Martin is firing on all, all cylinders, Kansas has a good shot to be able to win the title because he does wind up giving Kansas a little bit of a different element with regards to the backcourt. Yeah, I think so. And again, when it comes to competing in games like this, it's not just about like your top players, but it's about having other like secret weapons, maybe not so secret, but just not only relying on one or two people. You have to just have depth to come this far. Um, there's always injuries. There's, you know, the other team guarding you. It's There's a lot of things. So you just have to be good overall. That's If you look at the teams right now, they're all very tough teams that are pretty deep. I agree with you there, as we do have Isabel Gonzalez joining me here tonight. Does great work over there with CBS Sports SB Nation, and you're able to follow her on Twitter at the letter C. And then Isabel G and Isabel wound up joining me tonight. Looks like we lost her a little bit. So a big thank you to her for joining me right here on Betting the Bracket. And my picks with regards to the final four that we've got, I am going to be going with the points with North Carolina. I'm taking them at four and a half or more. I'm saying my line at four and pretty much as long as we've got a four or less right now, seeing that in the market with Kansas playing that and the DK Nation pick today, we're going to be going with Southern Utah catching eight against Fresno State for Monday night. And if you want a little bit more of myself, going to be coming up next here with Scott Seidenberg on the look at Scott does an absolutely amazing job. I'll be joining him for the first segment right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 